Hello, welcome to another episode of Super Aim Life Podcast. I am Nat. And this is Tom Helmuth. Uh, this is the podcast where we play you uh, video game music, both originals and remixes. Um, we're part of the Rainwave Network. Um, and if you haven't heard, the Rainwave website has recently undergone a, uh, an upgrade. Um, this is the version 4, and uh, it's just in its beginning stages, but it's starting to look good. Um, well, and... I don't know if I'd say it's just in its beginning stages. We've been testing it for months. Right, right, but it's, I guess as you said, it's just been released to the public. Um, and it's it's looking really good. There's uh, a lot of new fancy things going on and new statistics and uh, right uh, so far I've really liked what I've seen. Uh, yeah, so. definitely go check it out. Although check I, it out. If, you're, if you're listening, you probably already have. Right, so there's... If, if somehow you haven't been to Rainwave before, it's a uh, video game music radio station where you can request songs and rate and vote for songs. Um, so yeah, if you like the music we play here, you should, uh, it'll definitely be up your alley. Uh, anything else before we go into our music for the show? I do not believe there is. This week, I, we always say this week. <laughs> this episode? I'm trying to work on that. Yeah. Um, Today we've got uh, a bit of a different topic. We're going to look at games that are completely standalone. They aren't in a long-running series or franchise. They're just games that were released on their own. Yeah, I, th- I thought this would be an interesting topic because a lot of the good music out there comes from these big series or even games that have a sequel or two. Um, when you think of any famous series from Mario to Final Fantasy to Zelda, uh, to Sonic, they're all these uh, great series, um, but often it, when we concentrate on those series, we don't uh, focus on the games where it's just a one-off game, uh, didn't have any sequels, and um, but still a lot of them had really great music. Yeah, and what I find interesting, and you're going to hear some of this today, is that a series, you know, Final Fantasy is always going to sound like Final Fantasy, because... The games stay pretty similar, uh, the composer, well, for the most part, has stayed very similar, and there's sort of this expectation. But these standalone games, a lot of them are doing unconventional things with gameplay and with setting, and that's reflected in their music. I definitely agree, yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but looking at the tracks I plan to play, it's, I have a lot of tracks that, that sound a lot different from uh, the type of music that was being heard in similar games when they were released. Um, so yeah, why don't you, uh, I think you're up first, so why don't you go ahead and play your first track? Yeah, I'm gonna start things off. I've got, um, uh, there's this LucasArts game. I know they, they're mostly known for their series, but in 97 they did this, uh, FPS game called Outlaws. Mm, yeah. Sort of not very popular anymore, or ever. Uh, but it was pretty cool. It was sort of an old-school Wolfenstein-style FPS, but it was set in the Wild West. And so, Clint Bajakian? Clint Bajakian, yeah. Um, let's go with that. He did this amazing score for it. It was done up just like an old Ennio Morricone uh, film score from those old Western films. 
and for the time it was just really impressive, very high production values, live instrumentation, and it sounds very authentic. So we're gonna kick things off with uh, the opening title track from that game. This is Outlaws. That was the track Outlaws from the game Outlaws, uh, composed by Clint Bajakian, or Bajakian, still sort of trying to figure that one out. Yep. Um, like I said, this is totally an old western so style song. Um, he said that it was, it was inspired by um, 
Ennio Morricone, I think is how you'd pronounce him, the famous uh, film composer. Hmm. Um, what's cool about it is that he takes this lead melody here, this refrain, and he brings it into all these different instruments, and he's he pulls parts of it out later on for sections of the song. And it's just surprisingly effective at sounding both authentic and modern. Yeah. The, uh, it's... It's interesting, the, uh, the instrumentation very sounds very authentic, um, and definitely reminds me of film scores from westerns. Um, like, I really liked the whistling that was going on, and then uh, this trumpet is very nice, and later the steel guitar is very nice. Um, so it's it's a it's a great combination he's put together. Yeah, what always gets me though is that then about two thirds of the way in, there, everything just drops away, and it's just that really raw guitar solo part. Right. And, and I feel like he's bringing in a lot more of the modern sort of contemporary guitar there. Yeah, yeah. And this is, so this game was released in 97 um, for the PC. Um, I'm trying to think, so this is just starting to get into the era where you get uh, tracks that that aren't sounding like MIDI's or aren't sounding like a Super Nintendo chip um, and are using actual instrumentations and using actual recordings um, for, for the music. And so I, it's, it's cool that he was able to take that and uh, do a good job of getting a very authentic sound uh, for this early early PC game. Yeah, I suspect that because of LucasArts' success with other games, they had a pretty big budget, because right. this wasn't a common practice at that point. Right, exactly. Yeah, it, it sounds like actually um, that uh, a full orchestra was used uh, for a few of the tracks, um, and... So it's it's pretty cool that they were they put so much into the music of this game. Um, great. So why don't I go on to my first song? Um, I'm going to be playing a song from a little-known Game Boy Color game. Uh, this is from a game that I believe was only released in Europe um, called, and and it has a German name. So bear with me while I try to pronounce this. Uh, this is Das Germanis uh, der Happy Hippo Incel. Um, and the only part of that that I understand is the Happy Hippo part. Um, but I think so. I think this is a game where I actually saw some gameplay where you're a hippo and it's sort of just like a platformer. Um, but it, it looked at actually have pretty good uh, use of the Game Boy Color, both um, the the art was pretty good with very colorful screens and everything, but also uh, the music in this game has always struck me. Uh, it's very unique music for the time. It's uh, not just simple melodies, but is very complex layered music um, that I hope people will enjoy. Uh, this was composed by an artist uh, known as Stello Duusis, um, who I hadn't haven't heard of otherwise, uh, though he has done two remixes uh, for their Remix 64 website. Um, so I, I haven't heard either of them, but uh, I thought that was interesting. So let's go ahead and play this track. Uh, this is going to be, I think, the uh, track for the first level of the game, uh, and this is called 
Dirch den Dunkel Dschingel. Welcome back. That was Dirch den Dunkel Dschungel by Stello Duusis uh, from the game Das Gerhemis uh, der Happy Hippo Incel. Can we just uh, call it Happy Hippo? Let's just call it Happy Hippo from now on. <laughs> this is the song from Happy Hippo. Um, so this is a Game Boy Color game, um, and there's not much info out, out there on it. Um, but this this whole soundtrack definitely doesn't sound like much other soundtracks you hear on the Game Boy Color. Um, it's so thick and layered, and I love how you get like this definite snare drum sound, and then a really thick bass sound uh, that ha uses some arpeggios to build it. Um, and then the the main melody is just so happy. Uh, it's it's really a, really a great combination. Um, that you just wouldn't expect for this this random game that was uh, released only in Europe. Yeah, there are so many things about the soundtrack that I'm fascinated by. 
One of them is that it's this totally obscure game that nobody's ever played. Like, there, there's one guy who's uploaded gameplay on YouTube. And it has this amazing soundtrack that's, it's like, Tim Fallen levels of mismatched talent. Right, it's exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, on we... top of that, you have, um, this does not sound like any other Game Boy soundtrack. It sounds, it sounds like Commodore soundtrack, which is arpeggios, and right. a really crunchy, percussive sound. Yeah, I, I definitely think that, uh, this artist, uh, Stelladusis had, um, I'm guessing he's a European com uh, composer who had a lot of influence with the Commodore 64, um, and, and less influence from, say, the Japanese NES games. Um, but yeah, this it's it's so... you definitely don't expect to hear this kind of thing out of a Game Boy Color, at least uh, around the time this was released. Uh, the soundtrack always sort of reminds me of more modern chiptunes that have come out of the Game Boy. Yeah. Um, a lot of modern chiptune composers do crazy stuff, like what you hear here, but you almost never heard this kind of thing uh, in actual games. And on top of all of that, these songs have like four minute loops. Right. Like, this is probably the shortest song, full song out of the game. Yeah, yeah, and there's, there's one song on the game that, uh, I have as a 7 minute and 30 second song, probably only looped like once, or maybe, uh, probably looped twice, but still, like, that's, that's pretty crazy. Let's see, we're gonna keep with the uh, chiptune theme here, but drift toward the modern side a little bit. This next song is gonna be from a recent game, Cloud Built, uh, scored by Jacob Linky, or Link, I'm these names. Yeah. This game, quite new, uh, you can find it on Steam and stuff. The composer is really new to the scene, he hasn't really done any high-profile games yet, but his style is so fun, it's... it's a very modern, kind of action-driven, almost like an action film score sound, but it's punctuated mm. by all of these little chiptune fake-bit flourishes. Mm. Um. It's just a very unusual sound for a relatively popular game. Yeah, yeah. So this is going to be Aerial Walkways.
that was from the game Cloud Belt, Aerial Walkways, it's a song, composed by Jacob Link. What I find interesting about it is that it mixes a lot of his chiptune elements in with um, a really clean, undistorted lead guitar and some modern electronic drums, and there's, there's a lot going on and it all comes together quite well. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting uh, combination with the the guitar. If you didn't have like the drums and the chippy sounds underneath, would sound very. I mean, it's very it's an acoustic guitar and it sound very mellow and and chill. But then that uh, very upbeat electronic drums, uh, it just gives it a, an interesting feel to it. Yeah, and throughout, sort of changes. You know, you drop the guitar away, and suddenly it's this sort of mid-tempo techno build. Right, right. Yeah, that's a it's a fun song. Yeah, <clears throat> I I thought it was interesting. I I too uh, tried to pick some games that were of the older variety uh, that came out a long time ago, but also I have a few newer games that were released in the last three to five years um, that just. I guess could possibly have uh, sequels in the future, but maybe haven't had the chance to yet. Right. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see if some of these uh, games might eventually have sequels that we just haven't uh, seen yet. Yeah, there are a couple so. I'd bet on. Yeah. All right, great. Um, I'm going to go to our first remix of the episode. Um, this is a remix uh, from the game Duck Hunt. Uh, the uh, well-known NES game, uh, which, which, as you might well know, doesn't really have much music. Um, and because of that, uh, the the website uh, Remix the Sauce decided to do a sort of I think it's an April Fool's uh, remix album that's called Duck Hunt: Repercussions of Foul Lamentation. Uh, and so it's the whole album is isn't that great, but there's a few uh, pretty good songs on it, um, all of which I think try to remix the short ditties that uh, happen here and there throughout the game. Um, so I'm going to be playing a track uh, from that album called Music of My Duck, and this is going to be by Shell Riley. Thank you. 
and welcome back. Uh, that remix of Duck Hunt is called Music of My Duck uh, by Shell Riley. It's a remix of the one of the small ditties in Duck Hunt. Um, Duck Hunt was originally composed, uh, if you will, by Hirokazu Tanaka, um, who is worked on a lot of soundtracks. Um, he's everything from Balloon Flight uh, to the Game Boy Camera soundtrack, uh, Dr. Mario, Mario Paint, Earthbound, um, Metroid, and Kid Icarus. So he's, uh, he was uh, very prominent with Nintendo in the early days, and uh, this is probably one of his uh, lesser acclaimed soundtracks. Uh, <laughs> But uh, Duck Hunt was originally released in 1985 in North America, um, so it's pretty uh, incredible. I'd say that I, I'm sort of surprised that Nintendo hasn't like uh, doubled down on the Duck Hunt uh, fame and tried to like make a modern like Wii game based on Duck Hunt or something. Um, they did kind of with Link's Crossbow Training. Right, the Link's Crossbow Training reminds me of it, but like definitely wouldn't say it's a uh, a sequel by any means right um so it's it's uh, it's sort of interesting that uh i mean it's a pretty well known game and they haven't tried to it seems like they do tend to take those older titles and uh try to often remake them for for the modern audience um, so this song in particular uh, obviously takes a really brief source tune um, and uses a lot of uh, sound effects and a lot of the original uh, chippy sounds. Um, but I think it does a good job of, of taking that brief source and making an interesting song. Um, pretty brief song, but still it's, it's fun to listen to the... Um, I like the guitar that he included, uh, and I think the the chippy sound effects work out pretty well with it. Um, yeah, he doesn't have much to work with here. Um, it's very similar, actually, to the Bad Dudes album "Jingle All the Way." We heard some of that back in episode five with that Sim City track. Right, right. Where, again, you're taking something so brief. There's barely any music to it, and you're trying to expand that somehow. And he does pretty well, considering that it's. Uh, what, like a six or seven note melody? Right, exactly, yeah. Um, the guitar, it's just a very pleasant sound of guitar and keys. Yeah, and he expands sort of the, um, and, and adds sort of a, um, what's it called when you, you're you changing your, uh, oh, what's it called? Your chord progression, yeah. He, he, he changes the chord progression up a little and um, adds a few background notes that are not really in the original, but they definitely keep things interesting. He also, as it goes on, almost every bar he's expanding the melody a little bit, so it starts out super fast and then it's a little slower and a little more stretched out, yeah. and by the end it's it's a lot more broken down. Yeah, I hadn't even really thought of that, but now hearing it in the background you're definitely right how he's adding notes in there and, and expanding that melody, that's really neat. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, the thing about early, especially early NES and related music is that you get a lot of this stuff where there weren't, for various reasons, technological or budget or time, because development cycles were so short back then, right. you didn't get many long soundtracks. 
All right. of the games just had these 20 or 30 second loops. And actually this next game, we're going to go back to chiptune a little bit. And uh, this is from Marble Madness. Um, I'm not sure if it's still beloved or anything, but at the time it was pretty cool. Yeah. For a while it was sort of a cult classic. Um, and that game, it was, when I first played it, it had to grow on me, but everything about it is so cool. It has this really unique aesthetic that nobody else would touch at the time. Um, it was this type of game nobody really copied. Um, I just find it to be a really fun example of something unique from that arcade era. Yeah, it was sort of, it had like a isometric viewpoint, if I'm right, um, where you get that fake 3D feel um, with sort of an overhead camera angle. Yeah. Um, so it was isometric. The gameplay, if you don't know, um, you just control a marble rolling across these abstract modern art kind of structures. And if you fell off or died, you lost. Yeah, it's probably one of the first sort of uh, uh, 3D platformers, if, uh, if you can if even you... call it that. But the thing that's cool is that it has that um, postmodern sort of really artsy, minimalist um, look to it. Right, right. It, it, it reminds me in a lot of ways more of a puzzle game than really a platformer. Yeah, that's a good point. It, um. Well, let's get into some music. We can talk about it afterwards. This is the stage two theme for the NES version of Marble Madness. This is the stage two theme from Marble Madness, the NES version. Um, originally composed by Brad Fuller and Hal Cannon. I'm not sure if anyone else is involved in the NES version for porting. What I find cool about this, the reason I picked it is that it... I think it's an early example of them really trying to match the music to the game and its style and its setting. Yeah. Because. If you look at screenshots or play the game, it's it's all this isometric grid with your enemies are like super abstracted green blobs and and your obstacles are these weird MC Escher kind of pillars and stuff. Right, right. And this to me feels like it could easily be reimagined as like a super barren modern synth, um, just a very minimal sound. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. The uh, I've always enjoyed this track, um, and it is it is a very uh, minimalist track. There's that background. I don't know if it's supposed. To... 
I guess it's supposed to be like a, uh, a backing guitar or something, but you get those offbeats um, and, and then just the melody, and it's, it's a very minimalist track, but it's, it, it definitely keeps things interesting and, uh, and I'm sure worked really well in the game. Yeah, listening to it, I'd say it's almost more imagined as just being like a solo piano piece if you were going to play it live. Like, right. left hand is playing those offbeat single notes. Oh, sure, yeah. It's it's interesting, because, uh, so, the, uh, the remixer Stemage, or Steamage, um, put out a, uh, an album, a remix album of Marble Madness, um, he did. where, yeah, it's called Where Good Marbles Go to Die. Um, and it remixes, I think, the entire soundtrack. There's seven remixes on it. There might be some uh, repeats of songs. Um, but the uh, on each track, it features uh, a different uh, a different uh, artist that he worked with. Um, so, example, there's Disaster Piece and Norg and Viking Guitar and House the Great. Um, all on different tracks. Um, it's it's a, actually a really good album. Um, a lot of great guitar shredding, but also uh, some of the tracks are a bit more electronic. Um, so if you like the Marble Madness soundtrack, I definitely recommend uh, go check it out. I think it's free on his Bandcamp page. I've got to go hear that now. In fact, I don't know if we have that on Mainwave, but if we don't, we should. Yeah. Um... Great. Uh, I'm going to move on to a newer song, or, an, or for a newer game. Um, this is going to be a, a PlayStation 3 game uh, that's, I think, believe, also come out uh, for the PC and maybe other uh, downloadable uh, consoles. Um, so this is going to be from the game Guacamelee, um, which I don't know much about, uh, but I really liked the soundtrack. Um, this was composed by Rom Di Prisco, uh, and so I'll just be playing the track Temple of Rain.
that last song was from Guacamele. That's the Temple of Ruin uh, by Ram Di Prisco. Uh, that game was released for the PS3 and then more recently uh, for Windows, uh, Linux, uh, Linux and uh, Macintosh, as well as uh, Wii U and Xbox 360. Um, so this is, I think, sort of an action platforming game released in 2013. Um, and I really like, uh, it's sort of, to me, similar to the Cloud, Cloud Built song you played earlier. It takes a, a lot of acoustic instrumentation, like the guitar and the uh, trumpet and the vocals, um, but then mixes them into a, using very electronic production techniques uh, to make a, an interesting song. Um, yeah, there's, um, like, that guitar that keeps coming in is just this classic kind of flamenco sound, um, really well played, but then you have all of these electronic drums and samples, and they keep chopping it up and turning it into this really sort of aggressive song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, a really cool thing they did to, to take these very uh, Mexican-influenced instrumentation and and make it sound like modern electronic music. This one, I can I can totally picture it in-game, too, thinking about it now. Because it's just this perfect action song. Yeah. Have you played this game? I have not yet, but I want to. It's yeah, me to too. be a great Metroidvania. Right, yeah, I have it on my list, but I haven't, haven't got around to it yet. All right. Let's see. Next up, we're gonna get back to something a little bit weirder. I like weird songs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is going back to uh, an old PlayStation One game called Hermie Hopperhead Scrap Panic. Uh, the game itself is pretty bizarre looking. It's this obscure Japanese two D actiony platformer thing. Um, the screenshots look really, really nice, like great sprite-based stuff with anime, fully animated cutscenes, with English dialogue. Hmm. Um, I've always found it a really interesting game because it looked like it was pretty well produced and hype, and it never took off. Ah, interesting. When did you say this was released? Uh, 1995, so it was ah. very early. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um... But it's it's a weird game. The soundtrack was by um, Keoru Ohori. That's the first Japanese name we've said all show. Yeah, well, uh, we did say Hirokazu Tanaka for the Duck Hunt oh, remix. But, but yes. My mistake. <laughs> Other than that. This one, um, I think it's kind of a polarizing soundtrack because the style of it just isn't for everybody. Um, you don't hear this very often. So let's just get into it. Uh, we'll talk about it afterwards. This is uh, the in-game song for Stage 1-1.
Alright, that was, uh, the Stage 1-1 theme from Hermie Hopperhead, Scrap Panic, uh, composed by Keoru Ohori. I, I don't think everyone's gonna like that one, because it's- it's a flawed track. It doesn't make much sense to me, honestly. Like, it starts out as this big band jazz kind of thing, like something out of New Orleans, and then they start dropping in, like, sort of jazz fusion guitar solos and- and piano riffs. Right. It, yeah. And I think the, uh, the muted trumpet overstays its welcome here. Um, there's only, only so much muted trumpet you can take, and this song has, I, I think this goes over the line. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. But at the same time, I like it because, again, it's not something that you hear in game music. This, That's this very style true. of music. Right, right. Not the muted trumpet, you hear plenty of that. I, yeah, know, I just thought it was quite interesting. It is interesting, and it looks like this was mostly a 2D platformer game, but had a few uh, 3D platforming, like, bonus levels or something. Yeah, I can't really make heads or tails of it. Right, It also right. got a puzzle game spin-off, as hmm. most games did back then. It looked like, um, oh, what do you call it, sort of a Puyo Puyo type thing? Sure, yeah, yeah. Alright, very interesting. Um, I did like the piano solo. Uh, I have to say that that's the, the one part of the track that I really did enjoy. Um, so that's good. Let's move on. Uh, let's move on. Uh, I'm going to be playing probably my favorite uh, original chip... Er, sorry, not original chiptune. Favorite uh, soundtrack chiptune maybe of all time. Uh, as my next track, so that's a lot to live up to. Um, but this is going to be from Silver Surfer, uh, composed by Tim Follen and Jeff Follen, uh, the famous Follen brothers. Um, so this is this game, Silver Surfer, was uh, is known as one of the hardest NES games like ever. Uh, the like yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of like um, you, you sort of have a overhead flying angle and if you run into basically anything you die um so anyway it's probably not the best game ever but the soundtrack is amazing um it's pretty short there's only four or five tracks uh but they're all really good and this classic tim and jeff Follen. um so let's just get into the music this is going to be the uh the main bgm bgm1 
Alright, welcome back. Uh, that was the VGM-1 from Silver Surfer for the NES, uh, composed by Tim and Jeff Follin. Um, this track is just great. It's, uh, I, I'm amazed every time I hear it how they were able to get those sounds that come out of a, a Nintendo. Um, it's just, they, they had to do so much manipulation of the hardware and uh, figure out how to perfectly use the sound chip to, to take what should sound like a chiptune and and make it sound like this. It sound, you really um, practically feel like you're actually listening to guitars here, um, the way they, they manipulate the, the NES. Yeah, you can hear if you listen closely, there's this great use of arpeggios. I think that's a lot of what's behind their music, is that because he also composed a lot for Commodore games, so you hear a lot of those tricks to get more out of sound chip and get effects to make your sounds sound bigger. Right. Um, and the music itself is really well composed, kind of prog rock stuff, kind of Joe Satriani type of thing. Right. Right, yeah. I just love how there's the, there's the drum kit that you get in the background, and then these crazy froggy guitars. Um, uh, it's just it's just a great song. Um, so I actually I I've done a few uh, video game music tournaments where I play uh, I put a bunch of video game songs in a tournament bracket and then pair them against each other to see who wins. Um, so I did one for just uh, soundtrack songs, no remixes. Um, and this song won the, the entire tournament, so so I guess I, I could say that this is my favorite uh, video game song from a soundtrack. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Listening to um, it here again, I'm actually quite impressed that the percussion doesn't really cut out. Right, right. So the, the thing with the NES is when they're doing all these changes, they have to use, like, Oftentimes they have to use a single channel both for the percussion and for, say, a bass. Um, and so you must have really had to work with it to, to make sure that the percussion could be playing the whole time while they're doing all this crazy guitar and bass stuff on top of it. And yet, it was in Silver Surfer. Right, right. This game that, like, shouldn't have been made in the first place, practically. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's an okay side-scrolling shooter. Um, it really isn't. But it, it's not that great. And the, like, so I'm just looking at Wikipedia, it says that, uh, even things like rubber ducks or touching the walls, uh, kill you immediately. Yeah. So this, this game just is too hard. <laughs> but I, I would play this game just for the music. I tried, it, it's not worth it. Not worth it? Alright. Um, we've got another shmup here next. We've got uh, Jets and Guns coming up. This game, uh, I've not played it, but the soundtrack is pretty popular. It's from a band, um, Machine Supremacy. Mm, yeah. These guys have a great sort of concept. They play this really driving sort of power metal and they splice in Commodore 64 instrumentation to supplement it. Mm -hmm. And it works really a lot better than I'd expect. They play off each other really well. Um, the whole soundtrack is like this. It's just 
very consistently fun. And so. I think we played uh, one other Machine Supremacy song before. We did. Um, yeah, I, I played their Bionic Commando uh, remix uh, a while ago. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, so... But yeah, yeah, I'm excited to hear this. I, I, I definitely like them. Yeah, this is... Well, I don't know when it plays in-game. I guess I was... I realized halfway through that sentence. <laughs> Alright. This is Lava Trouble Bubble. Welcome back. That was um, that was Jets and Guns by Machine Supremacy. The track was Lava Trouble Bubble. I I like this just because you know again it's this it's this heavy metal. Um, it sounds just like any other heavy metal band in terms of what they're playing, but they they work in that Commodore so well, and they play there's this interplay. They'll switch between a lead melody guitar and lead melody synth. I don't know, it's... I like it. Yeah, yeah, this is a, a, a fun metal track. Um, it's... It's sort of a bit sparse in a way, um, in that, like, sometimes between the guitar riffs you just have some open space, and I sort of like that. I bet it works really well in the game. Yeah, I kind of like it. There's this downtime, um, kind of let the song breathe a little bit, and you get 
this bridge section here with these, um, these little short melodies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the part I was thinking of that's... You just get these little, uh, flares and then some, basically, some bass chugs underneath. Yeah. Alright, um, so let's see. My next track, um, is going to be a remix, um, by the, the group, uh, Visa Roster, who are, who do mostly, um, acapella arrangements. I think they're from Sweden or, uh, or Finland or something. Um, but they do mostly acapella arrangements of Commodore 64 games. Um, this particular track isn't uh, entirely acapella, but it's mostly of them singing. Uh, it's going to be from the game Comic Bakery, uh, and it's going to be the title theme. Uh, this was originally composed by Martin Galway, um, and this is from uh, Visa Roster's uh, album called Commodore 64 Vocally. So, uh, so here we go. This is the title theme from Comic Bakery.
Welcome back. That was Visa Roster with their uh, remix of the Comic Bakery main theme uh, from the Commodore 64. It was originally uh, composed by Martin Galway, <clears throat> and that was released on their album Commodore 64 Vocally. Um, so I looked it up, and Visa Roster is a Swedish uh, group that primarily sings uh, covers of video game music, but they do some other stuff too. Um, and so it's interesting that they, this group like concentrates on, on acapella video game music, uh, specifically Commodore 64. They have a lot of Commodore 64 remixes. Um, and anyway, I, I've always really liked the comic bakery theme and, uh, and this remix I think does a good job of taking that theme and adding some synthy elements and expanding it, but also adding in their their vocals uh, to, to sort of build the song. Yeah, it's it's very pleasant. It's kind of, it's almost like a trance song, but sort of more slowed down with, with a very even vocal. Right. And one interesting thing about this song in particular, uh, well, the, the original song here, the Comic Bakery theme, um, this theme was actually, uh, so the Comic Bakery was least, released in 1984, um, and the theme for this song was then reused in the uh, Jurassic Park uh, NES game. Uh, and that was released like in 1993. So they take took this theme um, and sort of I don't know if he the the Jurassic Park game just ripped it off or if they got permission to use the music. Um, but it's interesting. It's it's very obviously the same theme. Um, I, I've always thought that was a, a funny uh, thing that happened somehow interesting I don't know how that kind of thing happens yeah and it's it's the type of thing where you know that um, this music was pretty influential in the uh, in the video game music scene of that time 
Um, but everything was so like, this is before everyone got really upset about copyright violations and before people started uh, pirating things online. And so maybe it just felt like it was an okay thing to do since a lot of the people playing Nintendo wouldn't have heard of it at the time. Could be. So, anyway, uh, that's a comic bakery track. Uh, let's move on to your next track. Let's do that. Uh, this is my last track for this morning, I believe. Okay. This one's going to come out of a game called Time Travelers, a 3DS game released in Japan, uh, developed by Level 5, who's done all kinds of things, and Nino Kuni is probably the biggest thing now. Mm -hmm. uh, this one's composed by Hideki Sakamoto. He did the whole soundtrack. And he has this penchant for composing for unusual games. Um, he did some work on Yakuza 2, um, the Echo Chrome soundtracks, Aquanauts Holiday. Um, very interesting games. Time Travelers was built as a game without a genre, which always interested me. Hmm, interesting. I don't know much about it, but the music, it's a really cool soundtrack because it's all over the place. You have uh, symphonic battle themes that are really dramatic, and then you have sort of like throwback pop songs with a big horn sections, like something out of 60s. Um, there are songs that pay tribute to other composers. There's one that's totally like a Jeremy Soul Tokyo or Total Annihilation thing called Tokyo Annihilation. Uh huh. It's just a very diverse soundtrack. This one is. Again, it's kind of this weird pop, horn-based, funk thing you don't hear very often. It's called Fool's Failure. Thank you. 
And we are back. Uh, that was Fool's Failure from a game, Time Travelers, composed by Hideki Sakamoto. It's... it's just such a fun song. It's got this big kind of... almost Tower of Power style R&B section going on. Um, you've got this big horn sound with saxophone solos, because we love those. Gotta have the saxophone solo. And the bass line is, um... If you listen closely here, it's really prominent, really busy. Oh yeah, I hadn't even noticed the first time through, but that that is really nice. Yeah, that's like like Tower of Power Motown style, really, um, really busy bass. Yeah, I, I like the uh, electric piano flourishes that come in uh, during the the uh, chorus too. They're just they're very subtle, um, but but they definitely give it a bit of that Motown feel. Yeah, the whole thing, it just has... It has this feel like you could totally be listening to this in 1973 with with that piano and those horns. And the way those... The way all the chords and melodies are built feels like... I don't know, again, it's something that feels kind of authentic. Sure, yeah, definitely. Yeah, this, this is a fun song. Let's see. I think so, that brings us toward the end of the show. Yeah, so I think I only have one track left that we'll be closing out the show with. Um, before we get there, do you want do you have any comments on these games that aren't in a series? Um, I guess there, there isn't too much tying them together. Uh, like some of our other episodes, but it is nice to to have an episode where you know you're not going to hear any Final Fantasy or uh, or Mario or Zelda or anything like that. I'd say if anything, what ties them together is that they're all somewhat unconventional in some way or another. Right, right. There's, we definitely good. There's not a single song here that is par for the course for its genre or system. Right. We didn't have many, like, um, straight-up orchestral tracks or um, your typical uh, chiptune sound or anything like that. It is all... There's a lot of very experimental tracks here. Um, it, the remixes even were on the different side of things. Um, yeah, I thought it was a, a fun episode because it, it definitely takes a lot of the uh, instrumentation out of the comfort zone for for the, the systems that these games were featured on. Yeah, and again, it's... I think some of that's to the credit of the developers choosing to do something different, um, something that often was maybe unsuccessful or not able to be repeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, great. Uh, I think that's about all I have. Anything else? Uh, no, I think music kind of speaks for itself. Great. Um, so next episode, uh, we're going to be doing another uh, original and remix episode. Uh, we did one of those for episode five, and I think we'll probably end up doing one um, every ten episodes on the fives. So next episode, episode 15, we'll be have uh, some originals plus the, uh, their remixes. Um, so I'm excited about that episode. I've uh, some good tracks in mind already that should be a lot of fun um, if you want to get in contact with us feel free to email us uh, our email address is 
podcast at rainwave.cc. Our website is uh, podcast.rainwave.cc. Um, and you can definitely check us out on iTunes. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast there to get your the podcasts automatically downloaded into your iTunes. Um, and feel free to rate or comment on our podcast there. That definitely will help us uh, get some more views. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, yeah. Okay, great. Uh, so I'll take us out with our last track. Um, this is going to be from the game VVVVVV, uh, or <laughs> um, So this game is a game, uh, an indie game that came out in uh, 2010 for the PC. Um, and it's sort of a, a, a throwback game in that it's has very simple uh, sprite-based graphics, um, has a, a a modern chiptune soundtrack. Um, it's all it's all seems very influenced by the Commodore sixty four and the NES. Um, and it's a it's a fun game. It's a it's a very simple platforming game uh, with a simple mechanic where basically you can change the direction of gravity at any point instead um, of jumping. Right. So you can't jump at all, but you can just change which direction gravity is and. Uh, I've I've actually played through the whole game and enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, so the I've always enjoyed the soundtrack too. It's a, a nice chiptune soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack! Uh, it was composed by Magnus Solai Palsen, and he is just so good at this sort of enhanced Commodore sixty four style. Every song is memorable. It's distinct. Um, there's no weak points on the soundtrack, which is. I think a really surprising thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. There's it's a great soundtrack, uh, a lot of uh, very solid tracks, um, and they all are, are energetic and fun to listen to, um, and uh, definitely fit really well in the game. Um, so I'm going to be taking us out with the track uh, called "Potential for Anything." Um, and so I think that's about it. I hope you've enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you next time.